Hey everyone, I'm Jonathan. I'm Jeremy. And we are the Evangelicals. <laughs> so this week we are going to talk about something very Jewish. Whoa. Yeah. Fish? Very, very nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess the kosher. Uh, but but no, uh, what is it, crustaceans? Right. Fish, but no... Um, no catfish. Yeah. No or, catfish. And no squid, I think. The squid and the shrimp, I think that's off limits. Yeah. If you're a Jewish <laughs> listening to our podcast, you're pro- we we're probably already offended we're you. And yeah, we're sorry. We're, we're trying to be funny, but I don't know. You know how there are evangelical leaders, or just leaders in general, I mean, John Gruden, for goodness sake, where you later in your career you get haunted by things that you did earlier. I feel like the fact that we didn't restart this podcast, but that we just left whatever we just said in, it may one day be one of those things that, you know what, you could be president, but uh, you said that one thing on that episode 40, whatever. Yeah. You know, about the Jewish, about God cho- God's chosen people. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're talking about the Sabbath today. Sabbath, yeah, yeah. Jeremy's actually been preaching about the Sabbath in Paulding, and I do some teaching on the Sabbath as a part of my role as a professor. And the Sabbath is something that we don't talk about often in evangelical Christianity, I feel like, because a lot of the scrutiny or accusations brought against Jesus in the New Testament are based on a legalistic understanding of the Sabbath that Jesus was kicking against, particularly when he was healing people. And so, so, as we read the New Testament, we read the Sabbath as a problem because the Sabbath, the legalism of the Sabbath gets in the way of Jesus performing miracles or it becomes the legalistic dart that is able to be thrown at Jesus. But the Sabbath is not bad. And I I think that it's important to remember that Jesus says in Matthew, I've not come to abolish the law and the prophets, but I've come to fulfill them. I've come to act them out. I've come to do them. And so there are some elements of the law that it would probably be good for us to act out, to do, to fulfill as well as we are followers of Jesus, right? Oh, I totally agree. And and I think that, you know, Jesus says he was the Lord of the Sabbath. And Jesus says, I, I definitely think that it's not that he was against the Sabbath. I think that some, some Jewish leaders had turned the Sabbath into something that it was never meant to be. And... And thus, he was trying to say, you are doing this, 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 and this, which it seems he did a lot, or you've heard it said, or that's not what that meant to begin with. So let's let's reimagine and re-understand what the point was the whole time. And so I think that, that he was trying to point to something bigger. And I think that, that, that God, in his brilliance, set up a way for society to be checked society to have some balance society to to not get so out of whack and I, I i really think that we need to have a re-understanding of sabbath in our our country and not just as a legalistic all the businesses closed down although those may be great and grand things but not just for the sake of having the businesses closed on a sunday but what is the bigger picture that we're aiming for what is the bigger picture and understanding that we're shooting for as far as what it means to be the people of God, what do we, what is God's dream for the world and for society and not just once again, well, 
we checked the Sabbath box. We didn't go to work or we didn't um, go out to eat or we didn't do whatever. So I can check my Sabbath box that I did it this week and um, and feel good about myself because I decided to um, to follow a few rules. And but I think Sabbath was pointing once again to something just way bigger than just one day a week you just don't do anything and and to 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 negate it just to to well I just didn't do a few things this week I'm good and not understand what is Sabbath actually trying to point us to in the big scheme of the story of God um, I think we miss a lot of what the goodness of what Sabbath was supposed to be about so the Sabbath shows up in Genesis this is where it begins and we're going to we're going to talk a little bit about the Bible. We're going to talk a little bit about practices. But let's start at the beginning. Let's start at Genesis, the idea of the holiness of the Sabbath. Uh, it comes from here. This is uh, Genesis, the end of Genesis 1, Genesis, and the beginning of Genesis 2. God saw all that he was had made, and he found it very good. There was evening and there was morning, the sixth day, okay? The heavens and the earth were finished, and all their array on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had been doing and he ceased on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. He stopped. Mm. God stopped doing. Mm. He stopped working. He stopped creating. And God blessed the seventh day and he declared it holy because on it, God ceased from all the work of creation that he had done. First mention of anything being holy is a day, not a place, not a a sanctuary. The first thing in the Bible that's said to be holy is is a day. That should I don't know. Well, this is Abraham. I think Joshua it points Heschel's, to the bigger thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Abraham this is Joshua's Heschel case wrote a great book called The Sabbath. Yeah, properly. <laughs> and it's short. It would be a good a good book for you to pick up. It's inexpensive. It's uh, very accessible. Yeah. It's 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 got some philosophy, some philosophical things to think through, and and I would encourage you that if you do read it, maybe get a couple other people and, and talk about it because I think it'd be beneficial to 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 navigate it together. But to your point, uh, Heschel makes the case that particularly in our economy, in our society, we spend a lot of our time concerned with space, the things of matter, the things that are tangible, the things that are in front of us. We, um, we believe in the West that time is money. And what Heschel, Heschel wants to make the case, not that time is money. I mean, there could be, according to his paradigm, there could be not, not a, a more secular anti-God statement could not be made. Yeah. Time is not money. Time is holy. Yeah. Time is sacred. Yeah. Time is God's. Time is gift. Time is all that we have. Yeah. It's not, it's not money. And to equate the, honestly, the root of the root of many sins in the West is the paradigm that time is money, and what Heschel would say is that the Sabbath is God's gift to humanity. It is an island in time that He says, where we recognize the beauty of the gift of life. We recognize who our Creator is, and we recover the essence and the beauty and the holiness of being in a way that reframes and re uh or how should i say it it reorients us yeah to goodness to holiness and to god yeah i i think that 
that what he does so brilliantly is is just lays out um once again the difference between space and time and how in space he's like space is something that we consume or something that is about who's in charge and it's about power and control and it's about um who's underneath me and how do i get above this person and comparing ourselves to other people and what we read in the fourth commandment is on that day all of those systems that that you would work for me or i would be a slave to this person in the fourth commandment god says we're not going to do it everybody gets gets a break the slave the foreigner the livestock the um like everything that any system or any understanding of how the world would work, we're going to do away with it. It's not going to matter because on this day, everybody is going to get the rest. So you don't have to produce more or you, or this person doesn't have to work harder for the master because everybody, um, it's this equalizing, you might say this, like, like the, the, the son and the daughter, um, the female servant and the male, male and female servant, the livestock. And, and, and I love how at the end it says, and the foreigner living among you, um, which is basically everybody like, let's <laughs> like, like, I don't think anybody's left out of, yeah. of that understanding. Um, and so I think that he would say the way, um, one thing I said Sunday was that time is the great equalizer. Like whether you're the CEO of Disney or you're the guy who sweeps at Walt Disney World, 24 hours is 24 hours. It, it doesn't matter that's interesting. where yeah, you that's are, right. it's, it's, it's 24 hours for everybody. And so God's saying for this 24 hours, the way we make time holy is, is everybody... Is it's and so I think it was a way everybody's equal, everybody's equal, everyone practices the same way. So I think it was pointing to a bigger understanding of how God ultimately wants the world to be. Well, it's eschatological in that sense, yeah, absolutely, kingdom, yes, absolutely. And so God gave us once again in the brilliance of of setting up this thing, uh, you know, the world basically is that by was what I mean by thing, gave us a weekly rhythm of life that reminds us that our identity and our purpose doesn't come from how much I can produce. doesn't come from who is underneath me in the pyramid scheme or who is underneath me at my job. Um, and that their identity doesn't come from our relationship, but there's a weekly rhythm of life that God set up that says, but you're actually living for a different kingdom, a different purpose, a different understanding. So I'm smelling some of Brueggemann's Sabbath as resistance and what you're saying. Have you read that also? Oh yeah. Do you know that? Oh, well, absolutely. So let's, so we talk about Genesis, but there's another moment that for Brueggemann and his thoughts on Sabbath, and he's uh, a Protestant uh, evangelical kind of uh, the old Testament dude scholar yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, of yeah. the last 100 years. Yeah, yeah, um, that yeah. either, He's not evangelical necessarily, but that evangelicals look to a lot. He gives some great wisdom. He points to the moment in Exodus when Moses goes to Pharaoh and he says his case is that for Pharaoh, for the Egyptian, for the anti-God king, the idea of rest and cessation is so mind-boggling. Okay, so I just want to read, I just want to read to you um, this is Moses and Aaron when they go to the 
to the Pharaoh, the God of the Hebrews has manifested himself to us. Let us go, let us go, we pray, a distance of three days into the wilderness to sacrifice to the Lord our God, lest he strike us with pestilence or sword. But the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you distract the people from their tasks? Yeah. Get to your labors. And Pharaoh continued, the people of the land are already so numerous, and you would have them cease from their labors? And what what Brueggemann points out is that for the king, the point of life is production. Yeah. And what Brueggemann wants us to wants us to recognize here is that Sabbath for Sabbath is a threat to the establishment. Sabbath is a threat to the economic status quo of the Egyptians. And it's not so much even about hating, you know, uh, there is there is probably some anti-Semitism here that there is throughout history, but 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 the but the Jewish people in their practice are a threat to the homeostasis of the Egyptian economy, right? Absolutely, because they because they have this day where they're they they have this festival, they have this time that they're not supposed to. Which which okay, this is kind of interesting. Um. So in thinking about the history of the people of Israel, we have to think about the Bible and what's being handed down because in the story yet we don't necessarily have the laws, right? The 10 commandments Absolutely. come come after this point in the story where Moses receives them on the mountain. But cuz before they were slaves, they weren't even a nation. Right. They were 12 families. Yes. with Jacob and so they grew into this giant family over 450 years. But what's interesting is when the when the is it the fourth commandment the sabbath is initiated even on the mountain there's a reminder of hey remember in the story of our origin god rests on this day and makes it holy yeah. and this is why we rest this is why we cease from working so even even in the in the telling of you know the bible and and or the the recording the recording of the story there's a recognition that before the law is given, there is this self-understanding of the people that is associated to creation, that there's supposed to be this some sort of ceasing. So I think that another thing that makes this hard for us in our culture, and I'm, I'm this is going to be a generalization, but please don't hear what I'm not saying. This isn't true for everybody, but most often in our history in America, we have like a five-day work week rather than a six-day work week. Now, I understand some people work six days, some people work seven days, so I, I get that it's not true across the board. But most often, we would have... It's kind of the upper middle class norm. Sure. Is what I'm shooting for is a five-day work week. And so the thought of of a day off that is counter to not working is... Well, sometimes we have two days off. And so the, the idea of Sabbath um, is even kind of odd. And it's funny because you mentioned... Like even in Greek culture, when Jews were were saying, hey, we need to not work the seventh day, they thought they were lazy, that they needed a holiday every week. Um, and so they they it was just it was it was so countercultural in that in that society and in that culture that that you would take a day off because life was about the production and what you could do and staying ahead and making. And if you take a day off, you may slip down and somebody may come in and overtake you, or, or you may not have all the things that you think you need. 
And so I think we hear Sabbath and, and in our culture and in our country, people have gone to church for a long time and it used to be maybe more common than it is today, but it was just a part of the, of who we were and, and not a countercultural understanding of, no, we are standing up against this idea of that my identity and worth is in what I do and how I, what I can make and what car I drive and what job I have. And, and so it was, I think it's just odd for us to hear it because it's, it's, and it's in a different culture. Uh, I don't know. I got, I think, but I think it points to something big. Go ahead. I want, I want to say um, something about that. Well, when we, when we talk about a day off, we think about indulgence. That's what we think. We th- in in North America in the 21st century, when we think a day off, when we think holiday, when we think vacation, we think indulgence. We think I'm going to eat junk food. I'm going to sleep in. I'm going to indulge the flesh. And Sabbath is not just a day of, of sensual or physical indulgence it's it's to be a ceasing Hmm. so if i have a day off of work and i drive down to columbus to easton which is this beautiful outdoor mall kind of the center the central location in ohio of shopping and commerce where there's almost every restaurant that you could want that kind of general area of columbus I'm actually not practicing the Sabbath in a in a scriptural kind of way because what I'm doing is I'm going to the Mecca, the epicenter of consumerism, and I'm worshiping at the temple of consumerism. Yeah. It's not rest. So this is where I think it's this leads to what is the bigger purpose of Sabbath, I think, because it's not, like you said, just to indulge all the things that I want to do. I want to just say one more thing. Absolutely. Keep going. Uh, and I want to connect it to it without the that you something you said earlier. Furthermore, if I go to Easton and spend money on that day, not only am I worshiping at the temple of consumerism, but there's a stratification because the more gratification that I can get is directly tied to the amount of money that I have and the amount of money that I've made. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I want to, I'm sorry, because you said something really smart earlier, and I just wanted to con- I wanted to connect the dots Thanks. there. That doesn't happen very often. Okay. So okay. <laughs> enough false humility okay but but i i do i do think that you made a good point there of previously about the sabbath being you know if we're all ceasing if we're all resting there's no way for me to flex my economic my status muscles right sure okay so sorry you were gonna say because i think the weekly observance is pointing to something bigger so if you go to leviticus i think it's chapter 20 he talks about not just the weekly Sabbath, but then there's a, a Sabbath every seven years where, wait for it, the land gets to rest. The yeah. earth gets to rest. And in a way of saying, I think it's a twofold. One, you have to trust that that year God's going to provide for you, right? Like he's going to take care of your needs when you don't plant, when you don't work the land. Um, and two, maybe the earth needs a break. <laughs> Maybe the earth needs to rest. Um, and so this, I think a weekly Sabbath points to the seven-year Sabbath that we take that says this is pointed to something bigger that all of creation and not just me as a person needs to rest, that God was looking after the very thing that he had created. Then you read the next part and it goes to this every 
seven years of seven, which is like 49, 50th year was this year of Jubilee. And we don't like to talk about this in, in especially I don't think we like to talk about it in the American church because it doesn't fit into our um, political ideology, potentially maybe a, a better way to say it. But in the, the, the bigger understanding of Sabbath is that if weekly everything is equal, everybody is viewed the same, it's not about what you produce. It's not about, and, and God, in once again, I think in his wisdom said, and every seventh, seventh year, 49, 50 years, we're going to have a year of Jubilee where everything goes back to, to zero. Um, and that maybe my weekly under, so if you sold land, you get it back. If you're in debt, debts are canceled. If you're a slave, you're set free. And we're just going to kind of get back to zero and, and, and reboot what what we're doing here and and so i think that the weekly rhythm of taking a day to to allow everyone to be equal and have rest is pointing to the bigger you said the word eschatology a bigger understanding that what god really wants for the world is not for some people to have a lot and some people to have none but he's really trying to say what life was like in the garden is the earth was taken care of people were equal um and what we're shooting for at the end is once again god will dwell with people again and all those things that you get so worked up about and so um in a frenzy about um this is what we are striving for and so the weekly reminder is given a booster shot Sorry, bringing vaccines to this uh, this conversation. Give the booster shot. Yeah. To <laughs> to say every seven years we're going to go a little bit further, but then every fiftieth year. Now we have no historical understanding that they or ever ev- did evidence, this evidence that they ever did it. Yeah. But I would say the reason is because they couldn't make it fifty years. I don't think. Of serving Yahweh and Yahweh alone, they were bringing in all these other gods of manipulation, the Baals and the Esheras and the whole deal. And this makes me wonder that if they had 50 years, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I haven't done all the timeline as far as, you know, I don't think we get that in the book of Judges necessarily, but, um, but they were always looking to these other gods, you know, and if they had stayed true to Yahweh over a long period of time, would they, would they have lived? I don't know. I don't know. So in in our North American context, when we talk about the Sabbath, we tend to talk about rest. And I often hear, I, I heard a sermon about the Sabbath uh, a year or two ago in which the preacher said, you know, for, Sabbath for you needs to be uh, you getting joy however you get joy or finding finding happiness however you find happiness. Which And doesn't that translate into our eschatology sometimes? What we think heaven's going to be like? Well, yeah. Actually, that's, <laughs> hey, that's that's a really, yeah, so what would have been a great question for the preacher to ask is, you want to know what heaven looks like for you? Look at what you're doing when you're resting. And if it's isolated, binging, you know, Netflix shows or, uh, uh, you know, eating, eating, drinking, whatever it may be, maybe that's your eschatology. No, good point, good point. But what, but what I, uh, but what the the problem that I have with, with our understanding of the Sabbath, kind of taking it away from this sacred day that we all share, and moving it toward an individualized realization of self care or like 
doing what I think is best for myself is that it just becomes a it just becomes a a key to the door of consumerism kind of in a sanctified way which I which I don't think is healthy and so I want to I want to talk about about two things first off if in my in my local church community in my life you know what what does sabbath need to look like what how can i know what can be the evidence of knowing if i'm following this command of god in my life if i'm embracing sabbath but then also the thing that's beautiful about the jewish people is the sabbath wasn't just something that they you know realized in their own personal lives but the sabbath is a day that is observed by the community yeah and the reason that it's easy for me to not be in commerce is because I'm surrounded by a community of people that has a shared focus, you know? And honestly, you know, we have a hard time getting people together in Protestantism to come to church because people just are, we're all fine with having very different schedules and we have not centered our lives around the sacredness of any hour or any time. And this is a problem, you know? Um, Church on demand to the Jews is hilarious. It's like, well, I'm not going to, focus on the Torah on a Tuesday afternoon, right? The day that we focus on the Torah is the Sabbath. It's Saturday, right? It's the way my life is oriented. So I th- I think that I wonder to myself often how can I how can I help my community of people all live into a day together of rest together? Mm-hmm. Uh and how can I encourage people to experience the rest the shalom, the peace of God in their life consistently every week. You've been, I mean, you've been teaching on this and thinking on this. Give me, give me some of your thoughts, Jeremy, just where we are in our individual understandings of Sabbath. It's collectively, do we have any shot at part of the reason that the Christians moved uh, their worship to Sunday was because we need to, re- we need to remember Christianity did not start as a separate religion. Christianity started as a reform movement within Judaism. And the fact of the matter is, in the first generation of Christians, a majority of those people were still going to the synagogue on the Sabbath. They were still observing the Sabbath. But then they wanted to gather in homes and worship Jesus in a particularly Christian way. And so they would gather together. On the, they started worshiping Jesus on the first day of the week on Sunday, right? Yeah. It's, 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 I think Sunday is always supposed to be a celebration of the resurrection. Yes. Even during Lent, it's supposed to be a celebration of the, the resurrection. Um I think that we have to, um, I think, I think one of the ways, I won't say the only way, but I think one of the ways is that when we do gather together, I think, um, let me say it like this. I think our church churches have become more of the self-help, um, and we've made those moments when we do get together as a community more about are you becoming a better person? Are you doing this? Are you doing this? Rather than calling them to something bigger that serves something beyond themselves. And so I don't know how we um, form people. I think we got to bring in some some spiritual discipline. You know, like I, I just think when we get together, there's it's got to be more than just um, we just want you to feel good about yourself and we want you to get the warm fuzzies today. Um not that, that that emotion's bad, but it can be all it can be all based on emotion, I guess. But what are we calling people to? And then you know, I, I think if you have Sabbath practices and it helps you, um, I think the hard part, another hard part when we talk about Sabbath is 
some things people do have been handed down from their parents who was handed down from their parents. Oh, yeah. And you call into question any of that. You're not just calling into question that practice, but their their family's traditions of what that looks like. And and so, listen, if if taking a nap on Sunday and I think honestly, like taking a nap could be the the, the biggest thing that we could do potentially that is so good for us but if we're just honest it's the biggest waste of time i mean in a particular in a particular understanding of time absolutely that's what i'm saying is that could be the biggest rage against the machine or the biggest resistance is laying down for a couple of hours and going to sleep when you could be getting something else done um i i think we really have to to encourage people to gather together um, you know, what's interesting is part of, um, a Jewish understanding is they don't drive cars, um, on the Sabbath, yeah. which everybody in my church drives a car to get to church. And so then it got me thinking, like, what does that mean? Well, it means that they worship with people close enough that they can walk to their synagogue. Their synagogue. Yeah. They're worshiping with people literally that they are doing life with Living community and not with. a community. They're not, it's not a commuter church, you know, like you're not. You're not driving 30 minutes down. I mean, and like, I'm not knocking it. If you drive 30 minutes to church, like I'm not uh, saying. <laughs> Jeremy's not. Keep going to church. Keep keep doing <laughs> no, that. It's but true. It's, it's, true. it's it's. But it's there was something about once as you said that community coming together and and if that's the case, if we disagree or have a disagreement, I can't just go to the the next synagogue. We got to work it out. And so there's something about having to be in community with each other, having to live together, having to do things together. That when I heard that, I was like, that's, that'd be tough for some people. Um, so I think anything we can encourage people that points them to this understanding of time and, and how do we make time holy? Cause we don't, we don't talk about that. And this understanding, once again, I felt like we got to have a more robust understanding of eschatology and, and that should affect our Sabbath practice. That that should affect what we do when we get together, what we do during the day. But I think it will help us have better Sabbath understanding and better Sabbath practice, understanding that it's pointing to a bigger understanding of of what God had planned maybe from the very beginning. So maybe taking a nap is okay. Maybe not going out to eat is okay. Maybe, I, I don't know that I want to tell you what it is and what it isn't, because your job at the factory, your Sabbath may look different than my job as a pastor. Um, because it's different. Well, and this is a this is not this is a result of our societal norms. I mean, it's just we have set up systems where we have twenty four hour factories. I mean, that's just very not. It's just not Jewish. You know, we've twenty four seven. Yeah. I mean, uh, the only way to break Sabbath, uh, according to the Jewish custom is to do anything that preserves life. Making cups at a factory doesn't preserve life. I mean, you know, but the fact of the matter is um, you could make an argument, you know, I'm preserving the life of my family by working the terrible night shift that I have to work, right? I mean, so. And let's be honest, we love the fact that the police work on Sunday. We need, and the doctors and nurses, like, I don't know that if I went to the ER and it was on a Sunday and I needed somebody to be there and I showed up and the door was locked, I, I would. Sure. So we appreciate, you they're know, also, like but there also, there also would giving. be, there would be less need 
for these vocations. So like I lived in Palermo, Sicily for a summer in college and I woke up on a Sunday um, and you know, the church bells were ringing with the church. We got home and then I, I took a little nap. I woke up and I walked outside and it was a ghost town. Yeah. A ghost town. Like I'm dead serious. I'm living in Palermo, Sicily, one of the one of the, one of the biggest cities in the Mediterranean. And there's nobody on the streets. It was spooky. Mm. So I asked my friend on Monday, what's going on? He's like, dude, Sunday, we don't do anything. Mm. Like you do not do anything. My my mother tells me the only people that are out on Sundays are thieves. Like that's that's the way that they they live their life. Well, when that's what's going on. You don't have as many sure. right, emergencies or needs sure. for this full-fledged police force and all these types of things. And furthermore, I mean, even Jesus points to the Jews and says, you know, if your ox falls into the well on the Sabbath, you're going to get it out. I mean, you're preserving life. There mm-hmm. are there are necessary vocations. But the thing is, we don't slow down our machine on Sundays. Right. We increase it. Yeah. Um, NFL games are consumed on Sundays because we know we have the most the most money is able to freely flow to advertisers and to food vendors and to all these other people because we don't rest on Sunday. The NFL is not rest, you guys. It's entertainment, and I enjoy watching the NFL, I will confess. Me too. But it's not rest. It's not rest. It's being a part of the machine, the American consumer machine. So my question, maybe a question to you, is is the reason Jesus chose to heal on Sunday and it wasn't, maybe he wasn't breaking the Sabbath was he was creating the new world by serving somebody else on that day. And he had the bigger picture of saying, you you say I can't do this, but I'm actually honoring the Sabbath more on do by doing this than, than you can even imagine. Well, so I in, in traditional Judaism, this the rabbinic understanding is that the only thing to break Sabbath would be to give life to someone else, right? And Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, just to your point, I think what Jesus is is saying is that there's a way of embodying the kingdom of God, the life-giving reality that is even greater than the Sabbath. And he says this, he says, I am Lord of the Sabbath, right? Yeah, yeah. The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. So it's not so much that he was, in my opinion, it's not so much that he was like blatantly breaking the Sabbath to punk people as much as to your point, he was trying to show this new reality. Um, I don't, if I see my, my neighbor across the street struggling on the Sabbath and my neighbor's not a, not a, you know, not a Christian, not a Jew, not someone who's observing the Sabbath in the way that I think they are. It might be the most Sabbath thing for me to go across the street and help them start their lawnmower, even if they're going to be, you know, trespassing the Sabbath or uh, that might be kind of a kingdom thing, right? Living into Sabbath, giving, giving life and support and nurturing someone else's well-being. Um, yeah, Jesus definitely was not so concerned with dogma and doctrine, but he was concerned with the spirit of things. Mm. And if he was the word who was present in creation, then he also he also rested at the beginning, right after the creative work was done. It sounds like he rested 
a lot getting off by himself and taking time to connect with with the father like it would it reminds me of another story where they were picking grain, right? And yeah, and eating. his disciples are eating, and Jesus is like, "Well, yeah, because they have the bride, or the you know, they, why would they fast on the Sabbath when the bridegroom's with?" Yeah, them? absolutely, and just another example of once again Jesus trying to say, "You've taken Sabbath and broken it down into what you can and can't do." But Sabbath was always about trying to point people to the bigger story of who God is and what God wants for the world. And we have also um, broken it down into you can do this and you can't do this. And, and, and anytime we turn it into a list of do's and don'ts rather than a remembering and, and living into the story that, that God has set for us in the world, then we've just turned it into... Um, this legalistic norm that that doesn't have any value for formation of a person's heart and soul and formation of a church and formation of the world and, and i think we 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 can be just as guilty of of doing that yeah i want to encourage you in this podcast you may be wondering like you know i thought you all were going to tell us how to live our lives and give us i would encourage you i would encourage you to rest i would encourage you to stop i'd encourage you to cease i would argue that maybe the most religious thing you could do that is helpful for your family um, with plugging into a local community where you go and you are a part of a community in a way that is equal and loving would be ceasing from the rat race of the world with your children but what if there was four hours of your Sunday that you didn't force your kids to do their homework or uh, that you stopped giving your mind to what if you all turned off your tablets for four hours and just ceased and just if, looked each other in the eye I think a great Sabbath practice would be spending time with people that maybe I disagree with to remind me and I think that's what the church service potentially could fill that that spot that I come to church with people who don't agree with me politically, don't agree with me in all of these different ways, but we're going to come together and put aside all those things because it's important for me, me to remember that even though we disagree about this, we're all still image bearers and all still created in the image of God. And maybe to serve somebody, maybe even less fortunate than you, that in the world standards, people would look at and say, they're beneath you. And you say, but I'm going to remind myself today that they're not beneath me. They actually are my my teacher maybe, or my, my person who's gonna remind me today that every other day of the week, I'm the boss, I'm the one in charge, but today I'm gonna do something for somebody that that gives me a picture and an understanding of, of who I am and who God is. The Evangelicals podcast is recorded at Lima Community Church of the Nazarene in Lima, Ohio. 